0: coming up on this episode of The Wheelhouse, revisiting a journey toward accomplishment-driven leadership. Stay tuned. Welcome to Season 3 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, we'll mix interviews and conversations with in-depth thinking around one of our four foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. We'll explore the five arenas of ADL, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. We believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and to each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. This is going to be a really, really exciting episode for me to produce and I hope for you to listen to because we're going to have a conversation today with a sitting superintendent who's actually doing the work around accomplishment-driven leadership. And so I'm really excited to welcome Penny Brockway to the wheelhouse for this episode. Uh, Penny began her career as a teacher like most of us do. She taught English at the high school as well as speech and communications. And in that 10 years of classroom teaching, she taught both at the high school level and at the junior college level. She has been an elementary and middle school principal for uh, over nine years on her journey in her, per, in her career. She worked uh, for two and a half years in school improvement and accountability and since 2017, she has been a superintendent in a local district in the Midwest. She is most impressive and what is most impressive about her is her commitment to kids. For, for Penny, it is all about the kids. Uh, she talks ab- about each kid and she says, you know, I own that word each now and they each have a future. And my job is to make sure that they have a future when they walk out the door that they can craft, that they can create, and they can find. So I am delighted that Penny Brockway will be joining us in this episode of The Wheelhouse. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Penny Brockway, superintendent of Colon Community Schools in the Midwest of this great country we live in. So Penny Brockway, welcome to the wheelhouse.
1: Thanks, Grant. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting.
0: I have wanted to talk to you in the wheelhouse for quite a while, uh, as uh, you are leading some pretty phenomenal work. Uh, in several episodes ago, we uh, I introduced... This concept of uh, accomplishment-driven leadership is being uh, one of three pillars of the work that we do, but it's also kind of the focus of uh, the wheelhouse in season two. So we've been spending some time talking about superior instruction and some element of powerful student care, and of course, accomplishment-driven leadership, really trying to redefine what we mean by those, those things that we do as leaders and focusing our work on, on, on growing people, right? That we move beyond managerial, move beyond even the traditional way of thinking about being an instructional leader to something bigger than that. So I know that you have, are in completely immersed in the work. So why do you, uh, you know, why do you, why does it resonate so much with you and with the work that you are doing with your leaders in colon?
1: Well, I think first why it resonates so much with me and so deeply with me is partially just because of my belief that we are all learners every day of our lives is about learning Um, as much as my life is focused on children um, the short versions of human beings, uh, we never quit that learning. And so when I think about it from that perspective, and then I think how do you help adults continue to deepen their understandings and continue to learn, then that's where accomplishment-driven leadership comes in so heavily. I remember coming into colon and knowing some of your work, Grant, prior to getting here. And of course, we didn't have the three pillars. We didn't have accomplishment-driven leadership yet at all. And I remember, though, realizing as a brand new superintendent standing in front of a team of teachers that they could do this. They could meet the needs of each child if we just gave them the tools to do it. And that if I could be a part of giving them the tools to do that, I would be able to realize the day. And this sounds really selfish, and it's not at all. It's with a heart for each and every one of them to be all they can be. But I would be able to watch the day that they each recognized the growth in themselves, and they saw themselves accomplish exactly that vision and that goal that we're after for each child here at Colon. That was huge for me. I can still remember that day almost four years ago now, standing there and saying to them, you can do this. This can really happen here. And and we together are going to go after that. So let's go. And so I think that at the core of who I am is why accomplishment-driven leadership as one of our pillars has become like this. I, this banner I have to fly, or this this I I can't not think about it, right? And so um, I'm really driven to look at each and every one of the arenas that are in there, and kind of pick apart those competencies of those arenas as we talk about them, and um, determine how is it that we take each of those, but all of those as a group, to strengthen me and my principles to strengthen the other adults, to strengthen. And I say that all the time. It's like you're nesting um, Russian dolls, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're the one at the bottom. We, the leaders, supporting the next layer and the next layer and the next layer until each child um, succeeds. So that's kind of my big, like, philosophical answer to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I remember, you know, probably four or five or six years ago, Time Flies, where, you know, a superintendent said, you know, in a conference that you and I were leading together, I believe, you know, and he was like, you know, Grant, I'm going to make you mad. And I'm like, oh, I doubt it. Right. And he was like, you know, putting a system in in all by itself doesn't mean that anything's going to be different. And, you know, I agreed with him and I, but then I was like, okay, so what do we have to build in order to put, what's the other, what's the rest of that story, right? What's the rest of that story? And the rest of the story is around how we grow and build adult capacity. And I think it's a piece that's been missing for so long. We, we you know, we give people a tool and we think that they know how to use it. <laughs> and you, right. And of yeah. course, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't necessarily work and we're not saying that that people are dumb either that has nothing to do with it it's about how do we help them access uh, access skills that are maybe buried inside them that we need to bring out how do we help them flesh out even stronger skills and how do we help them use, a system that we put in place, right? And, and so, absolutely. And and the work that you're doing and the conversations that you are having with your leaders, I think are are so incredibly powerful. Which is, of course, why I wanted to to bring you to the wheelhouse so that you could share your thinking with um, not just your principals, but superintendents and principals and teachers, you know, all over all over this great nation. Um, what do let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into those five um, arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, if you will. Um, what do they mean to you? And you could talk about, answer that any way you want to, because, you know, but which of, you talk about all of them, you could talk about one of them, but what do they really mean to you when you think about and look at those arenas of, of action there?
1: So I think about as a group, the five, and I think they're all about self-reflection, right? So in doing some of the learning myself, always as best I can ahead of my principles in walking them down that road, it is a deep walk of self-reflection. It is not a piece of work that just gets done in 15 minutes and you walk away and it's on a sticky note or it's in a computer, it's a Google doc and, and you can, no, it's a very deep self-reflection of where am I in this and how am I going to grow? And when I am able to do that for myself, whether that's around, um, I think mostly about the arena of poise right now. And I'm like, wow, 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 wow. I, I, I think I'm a poised person. I might not be at all when I really internally look at that. But when I'm able to do that, I can recognize in my principles when they're able to do that and when they're not. So our partnership time, our time when the two of us just have a couple hours during the week to just really focus in with each other on our own growth on their growth as a principal, that time has become so much deeper, so much deeper than it ever was before. Um, And we've talked a lot about visiting classrooms together. And I've done that with my principals. I did that with principals before I became a superintendent. But the problem was we'd walk out of there and we talk the same conversation we have always had about classrooms in our world of education. And it wasn't moving the needle. This conversation around poise, and I can remember one specifically with one of my principals, and we hadn't visited a classroom in a while. And I'll admit that right up front. We hadn't been in there because part of my thought went to until I can grow them in these five arenas, until I can help them be a better team leader, have more poise themselves, until I can help them really contemplate what they just saw really guide somebody else? What good does it do me to go into a classroom with them? And and you helped me recognize that really fast, Grant, that this is the deeper work that has to be done for that leader to then be able to go to a classroom and recognize for themselves what that leader in the classroom, that teacher, that leader in the classroom needs next so that I can model for them. And I remember this one conversation about poise and my principal says, you wrote this for me, didn't you? And she said that to you, like, like Dr. Chandler, you wrote this for me, didn't you? Or is this all about me? And then her self-reflection and her ability to think about who am I really as a leader? How do I uncover those strengths? How do I really own those strengths? Because if all I ever focus on is my um, my weaknesses and my negatives, I will never be a poised leader. So how do I really own those strengths? And that was a huge turning point. And what I love about each of the arenas is that as we're starting to go through them, there's a turning point in every one. And I imagine if we come back to this 10 times over again and go through the five arenas all over again, every year for 10 years, there's going to be a turning point in every one because that's how deep they are. That's how so very deep they are into who we are as people and as individuals. And, um, probably for me, most importantly, who we are in our love and our care for others.
0: So that idea of the turning point is a really interesting concept. What do you mean by that?
1: So um, in poise, we talk about, you know, right here are the three points, four points, really, but self-awareness, self-development, leading to self-confidence, and of course, then resilience that has to come with it, right? Right. And so a turning point in recognizing that, wow, if I'm really not willing to be completely self-aware, and this was one of our turning points, if I'm really not willing to be fully self-aware of who I am in this role of leader, how in the world am I going to develop into something next, right? Or better or whatever term you want to use. I hate better. So how am I ever going to take my next step in development? And if I don't do that, where's my confidence going to come from? But as I do that, and this is where I think one of my leaders is really gaining some ground. As I am willing to be aware and develop one little next step, my confidence is increasing, increase, and increasing. I literally can watch shoulders go back and people walk taller with more confidence. And then the resilience comes right in play, right? Mm-hmm. And so I see them all. So that I think that piece of of. Um, I don't even remember the term I used, but that next step and that piece, uh, that turning point um, is when they recognize or when I, too, recognized, wow, I have to be willing to name what's holding me back or what my next step is that I'm unwilling to take before I can develop, before I can have confidence, before the resilience comes to walk that loop again and again and again.
0: So there's like a moment of discovery, right? in uh, as, as you're doing that work, regardless of what arena of accomplishment-driven leadership you're in.
1: There absolutely is. And the tools that you provide um, for, you know, as our district is, is doing learning together frameworks and, and um, our drips of, of learning and all this understanding, those tools that are provided are strong and they're really helpful but the freedom to be able to use the tool as it strikes you in the moment when you're really reflecting, I believe is the greatest power. And I remember coming into my office one morning and sitting down and being like, okay, I have 10,000 things on a list to do, but I don't care. I'm going to finish this drip on poise and I am going to walk through this being 100% transparent with myself because I don't care if Grant reads this or not. I don't have to send it to him. I'm just going to be transparent with myself about what that, that aha is, that awareness is. And that 40 minutes spent on that, and you helped me recognize was one of the most valuable sets of 40 minutes that could have ever happened at that point in this current school year. A real turning point for me. And so I, and I have watched that happen in my principals. And they will and are becoming stronger and stronger because of the tools. And we're only partway through using them for the first time. I cannot imagine what it's going to be like by the time we're able to relive these again and again and deepen that understanding.
0: Sounds like I'm going to need to, uh, you need to expect another invite into the wheelhouse so that we can talk about that, you know, a year later, right? What's different about mm-hmm. uh, your leaders, right? Uh, having been in this journey. So I think you've answered the question already, but I want to pose it again because I w- I, you'll probably answer it in a slightly different way. And that is you have a a very specific strategic vision for what it is that you are trying to accomplish in your district. How does accomplishment driven leadership help you get there in ways that looking at leadership in more traditional ways doesn't get you there?
1: Yeah. So, and this is a, this is a, almost a cliche these days, but um, leadership is servant leadership in my book. There's no other way to lead there's no other way to lead. And so we're here to serve. So when I serve my principals, that absolutely is, um, is supported, more than supported. Um, I now find that the foundational blocks to serving them come through the thinking of accomplishment-driven leadership. So within the five arenas, The competencies that lie inside of each of those, like self-awareness, the ones we were talking about, and self-confidence, and those help me serve them better. They help me be more aware, they help me be more focused on what matters most. So as I better serve my principals, my principals better serve their teachers, which makes my teachers a stronger leader for each of their children. And when I think about how a district has to operate in order to meet the needs of each and every individual child. There is no other way. If all of us who surround the classroom aren't here to help every teacher be the very best teacher they can be, the very best leader they can be, and if they're not aspiring for the goals that the district has set for each child, we will never hit that for each child. Child, And so, again, I see it as a a true um, foundational support to how we become stronger individuals, stronger human beings that um, care, um, take care of and grow the closest group of people to us we possibly can in order that they can reach the next group of people. So I guess that's another way of describing that serving mentality that I that I hold for this district and hold for myself. What do you hope
0: your principles will look like a year from now? Or what do you hope you will look like a year from now?
1: Well, it's way easier to talk about my principles than myself, right? Okay, but... let's go there then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just talk about me. Um, I really hope all of us, right? What do we look like? Um, I believe that we look at the team that we have built and there's great, I'm going to use the word pride in that, but the pride coming from the fact that those people are stronger in their roles, more confident in their roles. They, um, They know where they're headed. They can speak the language of the district. They are seeing accomplishments that they've been a part of for each student that they've touched the lives of. And so as leaders, when we look on that, right, and we see that, we are able to own the fact that because I I helped grow and establish this this accomplishment driven leadership mentality or mental model inside of in the heart of each person um that i lead this organization is tenfold strong and so i just i don't know what that would look like except to say it is prideful it's kind of it's kind of a glow about the fact that yeah we did it right but these individual adults surrounding me now are better people and stronger people They are recognizing their own resilience. They're recognizing their own strengths. Um, They've accomplished things they've never been able to do before. So I want that for my principals, but I want them to recognize that in each of the people that they're leading. So that's a great
0: segue to what uh, I wanted to ask you next, which is um, your plan, of course, is, uh, you know, we call this accomplishment-driven leadership, but leader isn't just Limited to administrator, right? That's not what we mean. Mm. I didn't call it accomplishment-driven administrators, right? They called it leadership. And I know that your plan is to is to take this to uh, teacher leaders in your district as well. Can you talk about uh, why you think that's so important uh, as a move? that it not just rests with principals, but you're taking it to, you know, uh, another group of of educators in your
1: district? Absolutely. So the building leadership team, we call them uh, building calibration teams. That team is a group of a few teachers, in our case, five, who are closer to the children who are the only reason we show up every day than anybody else in the district. And in that role, they also are closer to their colleagues and the reality of their colleagues daily walk than anybody else in the district. They know more about what needs to be done and how we need to do it, or let me put it this way, what needs to be done and the resource they might need to make it happen than any of the rest of us do. And so their voice has to be the strongest voice that we hear. And so when I think about teacher leaders who sit on a building calibration team representing their colleagues in the building, it is their voice that has to come out of the mess of every day, right? Or the craziness of a COVID year, and their voice has to rise out of that so that their building leader can hear that, so that their building leader can then represent that, understand that, put that that together with the big building picture, bring that to the district and say, here's what we need. We know where we're going, we know the vision of this district and what our children each need, and now, I'm saying to you, for us to take the next step, my building team and I say, this is what we need next. This is what they need next. I have to hear that. And my district team has to hear that. We have to understand that whatever it takes in us To make that happen, we have to move that forward. And then that becomes a cyclical process because when that gets answered, right, that drives a deeper confidence in the building team and that building team grows in their understanding of their voice being heard, their voice being represented, their voice being taken, what they would consider probably to be to the top, I would say to the bottom, to replenish the foundational strength, right, and grow that team even stronger as they take their their request and the response to that back to the team and make that a reality in the building. So um, those building teams are, are, are there's no other reason for the rest of us to be around, right? Mm-hmm. If, right. Absolutely. you know, I said to a custodian once in a district where I was a principal, well, you know, probably if the kids don't show up, you and I probably don't have a job, right? But if <laughs> the teachers aren't here, if the teachers aren't here to teach children, then there isn't any reason for any of the rest of the adults in the district to show up. And so if that building leadership team isn't the core voice we're listening to, there isn't any reason for the rest of us to be working other than someone's got to sign a paycheck, right? That's about it. Um, So we have to take what they have to say and understand that they're the closest to the kids and wherever they are right now, their next step is our next step.
0: So how is this so different from other forms of leadership that you know we we we've been you know, we've been leaders you've been a leader for a, a long time right i did your bio in the intro i've been a leader for a long time this concept of accomplishment driven leadership is at least the way i define it is rel- is a relatively new concept how fundamentally different is it for from other forms of leadership that we are trained to deliver.
1: Yeah, that's the key of the difference. So, you know, we're in education and we're great at delivering professional development that adults are supposed to learn, take back, unpack, figure out what to do with, and put what they want into their classrooms into place, right? Mm -hmm. So more knowledge, a few more tools in a toolbox, um, choice to use when you want to use it. That's not what accomplishment-driven leadership is. When I was a principal, the phrase always was instructional leadership and three-minute you know, walkthroughs in a classroom and positive and growth points every time you visited a room. That was the instructional leadership way. And although that was a huge step compared to what I did when I first got there, when I first started as a principal, which was just kind of like bopping in and saying good morning, um, that was truly, that was a huge step, right? But what I recognized is that really didn't support a teacher, they got a little bit of your thoughts for the for the moment you came in and took a temperature, but that didn't help them think through what tomorrow should look like. That made them feel better when you gave them a positive out the door, but that didn't help them really understand how to change what they were doing that helped them better meet the goal of the kid that was in front of them. Accomplishment-driven leadership, instead of being professional development, is changing the human... <laughs> inside the teacher role so that they better understand how to use the gifts and the skills they already have to meet the needs of the kids in front of them. And we give them more tools. There's no doubt about that. It's not like, well, go out and find tools that you want to use. No, that's what superior instruction and powerful student care are, right? Huge, huge, Loads of tools for them to be able to use. But the difference maker is when they recognize why they need those tools and that those tools unlock, right? When they use them out of a different mindset and a different heart and a different way of thinking, they then use those tools. They unlock keys for kids that that make all the difference. But the adult has to change. And, you know, when I was doing some of the consulting with other um principals and superintendents across our state. um, That was the hardest part, is that what is it, though, that's going to change the adult who changes their actions every day in order to get to these real needs of these kids, in order to use the tools that are provided to really get to that? And um, hadn't found that answer until accomplishment-driven leadership came along.
0: And so I'm going to ask you the hardest question is the final question of the day, right? And that is, how have you specifically as a superintendent grown in this as a result of accomplishment driven leadership so far i know you're still in the journey and you're you know you're still there but you know i'm sure you recognize some areas of growth in yourself as well and would you be willing to share one or two of those
1: yeah and some of them are quick and easy right they're not they're just easy answers they're not easy to do the first one is <laughs> the first one is stop just stop reacting to this is is not helpful your team needs you to be very very reflective and to take time to t- truly respond so my stop really is in my head saying Better understand that person, who they are in this moment, what their internal personal struggle is in this moment. Stop and think about that. Back yourself up from the moment, right? And take the time to really, truly predict this situation. And we talk about this a lot in Contemplative Educator, if others haven't heard of that yet, but predict why this might have happened and what might be coming, plan for that. And respond appropriately. And really when um, we dug into, when I dug into some of these different um, um, arenas, I go back to that all the time. I need to slow down and I need to stop. And I really need to be thoughtful. And I really need to focus on the individual or individuals involved versus the situation that's surrounding it. Because these situations repeat themselves again and again and again and again. Um, And the second thing I think that I could talk about that I recognize big in that is that um, I don't want it to be all about me, but it really is all about me. (laughs) And I know you mean that in a good way. (laughs) I do. I do. I don't want it to be. And I want my principals to recognize that too. It's really not all about them because, you know, I've already explained how I feel about we are servants here, but it is all about me. And until I'm willing to take the risk and grow um, in that arena of poise and recognize what I'm lacking, nobody else is going to take that step next either. So um, I use the word courage a lot in my work and I have to have the courage to be able to recognize what I have to change before I can go to the person who works in the office next to me or the principal in the building across the street and say, you need to take the courage to do this. I have to model that. I have to be present for that. I have to witness that I have to be with them and I have to be living it out. So that means I have to vocalize it with them. I mean, I have to truly model it in every way that great teaching models something. Um, And I've recognized that in myself. And uh, one of my areas has been, people who know me might not say this, but a a true, true lack of self-confidence, second-guessing myself all the time. And I have to recognize that sometimes, Penny, you're just going to have to move. You've made a decision, own it, move. Any decision you're going to make has... um, has pros and cons that are going to come out the other side with you and you're going to have to deal with that. And so that's been a big one in the arena of team leadership um, that I've had to really look at like, okay, but you need to own that and you need to move forward with that. And of course, in the world of COVID, that, that had, was a difficult thing to do this year with very little solid data to make decisions based on. So um, it was a good lesson to, to be working through or a good change in myself, way more than a lesson, just changing myself
0: i think what a what a, a tremendous model when the ceo of an organization is willing to to himself or herself put themselves in that growth trajectory and to say hey you know we're we're all we all you know cuz you know a lot of times leaders it's always pointing the finger at other people and and saying this is what other people need to do and uh, I think that is such a such an incredibly strong point that you've made that you know, I just wanted to reiterate that, right? Is like what do, what message does that have for everybody else in the organization when the leader, the person with the, the you know, the greatest level of expertise and the greatest level of responsibility, right, puts herself in a, a, a position of learning and growth. Um, wow, the, the, if, if that person can do it, we all can, right? So uh, as we wrap up, I want to say thank you so much for uh, stopping by the wheelhouse. Any parting thoughts, anything you want to add to this conversation before you continue on your
1: journey today? Well, definitely do come back in a year and let's have the conversation again. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's put that on the calendar. That's right. What a difference maker this is going to be. So I hope there's a lot of other people on the journey to uh, to share with in a year from now when um, when we talk again. Uh, thank you so much. Again, that was
0: Penny Brockway, the superintendent of Colon Community Schools, talking about her journey and accomplishment-driven leadership. Thank you, Penny. Thank you so much for stopping by the wheelhouse.
1: You're welcome, Grant. Have a good one.
0: And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 3 drop every Monday afternoon, beginning September 27th and running through December 13th. We'll take a break for the holidays and return with Season 4 in early 2022. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online course on accomplishment-driven leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share, or even a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar.learningtogetheracademy@ourstudentsmatter.org. Again, that email address is registrar.learningtogetheracademy@ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Twitter at Grant A Chandler or LinkedIn at Grant Chandler PhD. And of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify. And it can also be found on our website at Captivate. That's https colon forward slash forward slash the-wheelhouse.captivate.fm episodes. If you'd like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Season three of The Wheelhouse is dedicated to the memory and legacy of John, a dear friend and sitting superintendent who fought a courageous battle against cancer, but lost the good fight today, on the very day we were in the studio recording for season three. John was fiercely dedicated to the four pillars of our work, the contemplative educator, accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and even more so to powerful student care. He was deeply committed to saving the lives of each student through the power of education. He will be greatly missed, but his legacy and dedication to the lives of students will live on in our work. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership. Proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work, but being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we've got this.